Good morning. You're listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. Thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday morning. And before we get started, I just want to thank you for you that listen each Sunday. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. And and I hope that you will enjoy this series that we're running this month on peace. You know, we all need more peace in our lives. I know I do. I know that people I talk to are just really looking for peace. And I keep hearing John 14, 27 everywhere I go, where Jesus speaks about peace and his peace he leaves with us and for us to not let our hearts be troubled and not to be afraid. So we hope that you will find peace today. And we're so excited to introduce our next guest and and how he has found peace. But before we get started, I want to invite you to sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of coffee, grab hold of your Bibles, but most importantly, grab a hold of Jesus and he will bring the Bible to life for you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your peace, for your perfect peace that transcends all understanding. And Lord, we cling to you right now in this time of trouble, in these times where we just don't feel like we have peace. Lord, we know that if we cling to you, that we will find our peace. So thank you for that promise. And Lord, I pray as we talk today about peace, that you would help anyone that's listening that needs peace to just come a little closer to you and feel your peace that you leave them. We praise you, Lord, for today, and we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So peace is something that, of course, we all look for, and we can all have if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, because he is our peace. So I want to introduce Richard Cox, who is a pastor here in Mount Vernon, and he pastors the Gathering Church. And so welcome, Richard. Thank you for joining us today. So glad you're here. So you have been a pastor here. How long? Uh, For seven years now. Seven years. Okay. And what is your background? Like, have you, were you um, a pastor at another church or kind of tell us your story, I guess? Okay. Well, let's see. I guess it just briefly. I met my wife in high school. We've been married for about 33 years now. Awesome. I have four kids. And we grew up in Mesquite, Texas. And I met her, in, as I said, in high school. And um, shortly after high school, uh, I went to a Bible college, felt called into the ministry, but didn't really know what that entailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife went on to a summer mission trip to Guatemala. And uh, we weren't married yet, but she was my fiance. And then she came back and told me that she thought the Lord was calling her to be a missionary. And I said, "Well, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work out because I wasn't, I wasn't convinced of that." But I went to a Bible college, and uh, it was there I heard about uh, Wycliffe Bible translators, and they're involved in Bible translation overseas, so they translate the Bible into local languages. And uh, my wife and I joined Wycliffe Bible Translators. We went in 1999 uh, with two children. We wound up having two more while we were in Tanzania in East Africa. And we worked and lived there for 12 years. 
doing Bible translation projects. Oh, Richard, how awesome. I didn't know all of that about you and and, and your wife, Barbara, and how exciting that y'all both were called at the same time. <laughs> that worked yeah. out. Yes, Did you get out. married before you left on that trip yes, or yes, over we, there? Or? No, we, we, uh, we got married shortly after that. We are both pretty young and... Uh-huh. Um, after after our, our marriages, I finished my Bible school and then went to seminary and finished mm-hmm. at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth and uh, did some more linguistics training and actually did not go to the mission field until I was 30. Okay. Uh, so it was a process of, of mm-hmm. the training and the education that I needed um, before we went. So then we came back in about 2012 to Mount Vernon. Uh, my family is from here, my grandparents uh, from Hagensport, and so uh, three or four years later, then we started the church mm-hmm. here in Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we're so blessed to have you in this community, and and I know that you um, do a lot in this community and, and your church as well, and you're involved in, in missions still here. So do you all still go yeah. on mission trips? Well, actually... My time is kind of divided. Half the time I'm working at the church, and half the time I'm still able to do Bible translation with the guys in Tanzania. So I wake up early in the morning, uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. I usually work uh, half a day with them. It's their afternoon while we do translation work, and then I do my uh, local church work after that. Oh, I didn't realize you were still doing the translation. Yes. Okay, so when you're doing that, Tell us how you feel peace, because that must bring you peace to know that you're able to help in that and to reach more people with God's yes. Word. I mean, peace is something that I know you're doing a series on it, and it's something that, as you look around in the world, it's something that people really value regardless of what country they live in, regardless of their financial status, regardless of their education. You know, it's one of those things that you can't really buy and Mm -hmm. so when we do bible translation work it's i have a sense of peace because i know well this is what god has called and equipped my wife and i to do and so there's a certain amount of peace that comes from knowing that that you're doing what he's called you to do and uh, yeah knowing that you're in the center of his will just even though there's difficulties, even though it can be hard, you know, whatever job you have, it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet there can be peace there knowing, well, this is what he's called me to do, even though it's hard. A hard life doesn't mean that necessarily mean that you can't have peace. That's correct. So, yeah. Have you found that even in the most difficult times of your life, you have found the most peace? It sounds opposite, but there are times when, you know, I know I have felt such peace when I think, how do I feel peace? during this trouble, but I know it's because of Christ in me. The only way is having, you know, God in yeah. present in me. Have you experienced I mean, I th- a time? I think so. I, I think back to when we were in, in Tanzania in the early 2000s, and this one thing as a, as a man to go through hardship, but as a husband and a father, when you see your wife and your children mm-hmm. go through it, it's, it's really difficult. And I can remember the first year we were there, uh, my wife contracted malaria. The two small children we had at the time before we had the, the, the latter two, both of them became ill with malaria and to see them suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the medical care wasn't the best there. 
Um, you know, malaria is a serious illness, and there's always that thought that, you know, what have I got my children into? You know, what am I, why are they mm-hmm. suffering? They wouldn't be doing, having that kind of suffering if they were in the States. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just gave me a great sense of peace that, hey, I, we've called you here. Um, this is where you're to be, and I'm going to be with them, and I'm going to be with you and walk you through that. And that gave us a great sense of peace together, my wife and I. I like what you said that you heard the Lord say, I'm going to be with you. Yeah. No matter what you go through, yes. and and so I agree with you. During those times, knowing that the Lord is with us is right. what you know brings us the peace. Having that that peace within us, and probably you had people around you going through similar situations. Maybe was there other people in your group that maybe contracted that, or were going through hard times, right. and y'all could surround each other and pray. I, th- I think so. We had. The you know we had prayer partners back in the states. This is before the internet was was much of a yeah. Can a you resource, imagine? Right? So we wrote time. we wrote airgrams to each other. Uh-huh. I'm sure my father has a bunch of those airgrams, the letters that I wrote, and it would take about two weeks to get to the states, and then two weeks back to us. But we had a group of people playing uh, churches praying for us, um, but also we had other missionaries around us who uh, mentored us and had gone through the process. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my wife was such a great uh, help to me at the time. Mm-hmm. She she would just, she never uh, said, you know, hey, why did you bring us here? She knew God had called us. Uh, we went on this together. It wasn't something that I did and just said, drug my kids along. She was in agreement and she wanted to be there also. And, and so knowing that we were together through those things was... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, gave, gave me a, a great sense of peace and a source of strength for right. me, too. It is so important for husband and wife to serve together and to be help each other through these things, to be each other's strength with God in the center. And you, you and your wife mm-hmm. are so equipped and, and just so prepared and so just connected that way. I, mm-hmm. I've seen you all in the community, how you serve together and in mm-hmm. the church. and. Mm-hmm. It's very apparent that y'all are each other's support, and and I love that. And I think Mm -hmm. someone needs to hear that, Mm -hmm. that it's very important to have that relationship first with Christ, and then your your significant other, your wife Mm -hmm. or your husband. And so thank you for sharing that. It's good to hear that. You know, we don't hear that enough. How I love that she didn't complain. You know, and yes. that she was, even though she was suffering, was like, I know we're supposed mm-hmm. to be here. I know God is in control. Yeah, and there were there were some hard times. Don't get don't get me don't misunderstand me because there were times when I was ready to leave. Right. I, said, I can imagine. I said this this is really really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ready to leave. And my wife at that time she would say, Well, you know, the Lord's called us here. Let's let's push through this. He'll give us strength mm-hmm. to make it. And then inevitably, it'd be three, six, nine months later, my wife would come to me and say, this is so hard, let's go home. And the Lord had then changed my attitude and given me the strength that I needed and given me that peace. And I could say, we, we can mm-hmm. make this. He's seen us through this far. He's going to see us through to the end. And so it was just kind of a team thing that the Lord, you know, put each other, put each one of us in, in our lives to really encourage us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were at your weakest, she was there to help you yes, and vice yes. versa. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the scriptures say, when you are weak, I am strong. And so the Lord was you all, both of your strength, tying y'all yes. together. And, and I love that. Well, let's talk about 
right now, the greatest needs of the people that you shepherd or you pastor in your mm -hmm. church and just that you've seen around, what do you think the greatest needs of the people are today? Well, there's a here. lot of un uncertainty. If, you, if mm -hmm. you talk to people, there's a lot of uncertainty, especially in perhaps our our younger generation. They're, they're so uncertain about the very basic things of life. Uh, just who God created them to be. There's confusion about their gender. Mm -hmm. There's confusion about sexuality. Because of that, there's a there's a lack of peace that people have. Uh, whether it's um, just a lack of self confidence that brings in a lot of anxiety. We know the economy is the way it is at times. We know how the coronavirus over the last two years has caused a lot of uncertainty. The political division that we see in our nation. So there's a lot of people that are really looking for peace. Where do I find peace? Where can mm -hmm. I find something solid to stand on in this mm -hmm. in, in, the, in this tumultuous time that we're in? And where do you direct them? Well, of course, I direct them to the Lord. I say that of course. He's the rock that they can stand on. And, mm -hmm. and to, to look at His Word because, you know, our opinions can change. Uh, opinion polls change <clears throat> rapidly. They can be wrong, uncertain. There seems to be an agenda now with every poll that's taken. They're not really trying to poll people's opinions. They're trying to use polls to uh, turn people's opinions in different ways, whether conservative or liberal or Republican or Democrat, whichever it might be. Uh, and so they need a firm foundation, mm -hmm. and I think you can find that in God's Word, and that's something you can stand on. You can believe what He tells you because He is faithful. Mm -hmm. He, and he sure does is. not lie. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's so good and so true. And another thing that we can talk about God's Word is so real and so true and so helpful. I know you direct people, you know, to the scriptures and to read, but. Also prayer. I know prayer is a big part of your ministry. Um, and in fact, here in Mount Vernon, we have something called Prayer on the Square where we meet in September. And the pastors, y'all all kind of mm -hmm. bring us together on a Sunday evening. Tell us about that. And I want you to talk about what you shared this particular time because I was there and it was so good what all mm -hmm. of y'all said. And I specifically wanted you to share what you had shared with the group that night. Yes, we the Prayer on the Square has been going now for I think eight years. It's been it's been quite some time, even longer a year longer than I've been pastoring, but I'm so encouraged by it because the pastors in the various churches, all the pastors in all the churches are invited together to participate on a Sunday night. So it's not one church that's doing this it's the entire body of christ everyone is welcome and the pastors of the various churches will pray and then we will also sing um, so i think this last uh, prayer on the square we had seven pastors who were involved in prayer on the square in their congregations and others uh, were there and uh, we were praying in, in the section that I, uh, that I led was praying for our children and the education of our children. And it's so important that they have a, a good foundation because we see in our, our culture is telling them things that aren't true. There are things that, uh, you know, that they don't know uh, what to believe about themselves. And they, they might not be hearing the truth about themselves at home. Uh, might be a home environment that's not the best. 
Of course, the culture tells them the other uh, things that aren't necessarily true. So we want, it's our job as the church and as parents to educate our children and tell them what God's Word says about them, to tell them the truth about them so that they can find this peace, they can find this uh, comfort, this rock to stand on. Yeah, and that is so important, and I agree with that. And we need to pray for these children and these families. And Mm -hmm. the greatest need is to find Jesus. And when they find Him, they'll know the truth. The truth will set them free. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and, of course, our peace. And I just, it's, it breaks my heart. There's a lot of families and a lot of kids that don't know Jesus. You know, I didn't grow up going to church myself, you know, every Sunday and knew a little bit about Jesus, but did not have a relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, I see so many kids in that same boat mm-hmm. that I was in. And it's just like, how can we reach these kids? What do you think is the best way to reach them? Obviously, we pray. And, and we have some outreach programs, but what, what do you think would be a good way to kind of reach these kids today? I mean, of course, one of the things we're doing in Mount Vernon is there is the Mount Vernon Cares, the mentoring program yeah. that reaches out to um, kids. And we have lunch with them on Wednesdays each week during the school year. That's a practical way where an adult can come and can just hear the concerns and the cares that you know these ninth through twelfth graders have. Um, high school can be a tough time in life, mm-hmm. and to encourage them, uh, that that's one way to just be a positive influence on their life. But also think about uh, opportunities that, that we have in our community through. There's so many programs from sports that the kids do, soccer, uh, pee wee football. And, T-ball, baseball, these these things that they do, but also um, you know any kind of community outreach. And the in the churches, the local churches here, you know, have good youth groups, and they're mm-hmm. pretty viable and a, a way to draw kids in. But also, it's not just an entertainment for the kids; it is you know spiritual instruction, and I think that's that's a key for them. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with you in serving serving them, you know, and just showing them Jesus. You know, it's one thing we can tell them about Jesus, but right. we show them with our example. And and someone told me one time, just show up. Just show up. Be present. And, and I think that's a big thing we can do, just show up for them. When mm-hmm. we see someone um, in need, we show up in, in a way that, that meets their needs by loving them, you know, yes. just loving them. and. Mm-hmm being that light. Well, thank you for mentoring. You are one of the mentors in Mount Vernon Cares, and and I appreciate that you do that, and and that really makes a difference, all the volunteers that that mentor. But there's so many opportunities to mentor someone, even if it's not in a formalized program or group. You know, every day we can be, you know, a mentor to someone Mm -hmm. in a way. So I'm glad you brought that up. What is your favorite scripture that you cling to right now? It doesn't have to be on peace, even though we're talking about peace. But give us a word that, I mean, just, I know there's so many scriptures, especially since you translate the Bible, but what is one that really stands out to you that that's your life verse? Do you have one? Well, I've been thinking a lot about peace lately, but since you mentioned earlier uh-huh. uh, in the week when you told me we we're going to have this interview. and. I, 
there's a verse that's that I learned in the King James version from Philippians, but then also memorized it in the New Living Translation, and um, it says Philippians four says, "Don't worry about anything; instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank Him for all that He has done." And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I think that's, you know, a good verse to live by because one of the things I did not realize as I'm 55 years old now and I have four grandchildren. And, you know, as a young man, there wasn't a lot that kept me up at night. I was just pretty much concerned with myself, mm-hmm. pretty self-absorbed. And then, then you're married and, okay, now you have a wife that you you want to uh, be a good husband for and you want to care for and then you have your children and now it seems like more I'm getting more and more responsibility with my family Mm -hmm. I have you know three I have uh, uh, two son-in-laws one daughter-in-law I have these four children grandchildren now and and so there's there could be a lot to be anxious about you right know? right thinking about the world they're growing up in you know concerned when one of them is sick or mm-hmm. they're making college decisions and all these things and so i just take a lot of comfort in knowing that I, you know don't worry about it mm-hmm. am i worrying about it i shouldn't be worrying about it. i should be praying about it and tell him what i need that's that's what it says. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Think about all the times He's been faithful to me in the past. He's never failed me in the past. And when I think about all the ways He has provided for me and my wife and taking care of us and walked us through very difficult times, then it gives me peace. It gives me confidence that what He's led me through before, He's going to lead me through in the future. And that, that gives me great peace. So, yeah. That's one of the verses I've really tried to mm-hmm. to live by. Well, you're not going to believe this, but that was one that I thought about a lot today and actually posted it on social media. That exact verse. <laughs> I did not it know was that. we did not know that, but that was um, really so I can't believe you said that one, but I like how you how you explained it. We first don't worry, mm-hmm. but pray mm-hmm. and then thank God for mm-hmm. what he's done and you're so right when we do that when we don't worry, but we pray and thank God. Then we do have peace. Yes. Totally. It just surrounds us. And I have found that at night, that's when I'm wrestling, you know, with, mm-hmm. with just things. And I read today about Jacob in the Bible who wrestled mm-hmm. with God. And he just was, con- you know, things going on with his life and with his brother and what to do with kids. Kind of like what you're talking about. His wife, his right. kid, you know, everything. And just wrestling with God and... And at that moment is when, um, you know, he really felt the presence of God. Yeah. And then God did something to his hip mm-hmm. or like there was a part touched of his, his hip. Touched, touched his hip. So it touched his hip touched and then it his was hip. out of joint. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but the, as a reminder, mm-hmm. you know, that he, you know, is going to be there and help them through and you don't need to wrestle he's there you mm-hmm. know because we do we wrestle with, with even we know what's right and what we should do but then we think about this and i just it's crazy yeah, and, and, i mean and many of the things are are really outside of our control right right i mean it most things are most things are <laughs> yeah you know it's really hard personal relationships are yes. some of the most difficult oh, yeah. things in life and you, and you can't control how the Mm-mm. other person will respond always, even if you do it in good faith, even right. if you have 
you know, uh, a an attitude that you're humble, you come to them, you mm-hmm. want to reconcile, you want to make things right. It, it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. And so how do you find peace there? And how do you, uh, you know, trust the Lord to uh, reconcile that relationship? It's it's hard at times. Mm-hmm. But um, but the scripture you shared is a prescription for peace. Yes. Really. So. It's yeah. take all your worries to God and thank yeah. Him for for what he's done and yeah, you, we, you don't we're not called to ignore them we're not called to mm-hmm. pretend they're not there uh, no he doesn't say that you know he says don't worry about it instead pray about it you're supposed to acknowledge when there's an issue right, and there's a problem right. when there's a lack of peace say mm-hmm. hey lord i'm lacking peace here i really mm-hmm. need your help this situation's bothering me i can't fix this on my own i don't know what to do mm-hmm. It's really weighing on the other person also, or whatever circumstance you're in. This is a health thing I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. This is a financial thing. I can't fix it. It's it's just overwhelming to me. We're not supposed to ignore that and pretend it's not there. Mm-hmm. It's not a sin to acknowledge it, that that's the situation. Right. I so agree. So then we acknowledge that, and so then we pray about it. Say, mm-hmm. Lord, this is what it is, and I'm, I'm trusting you to, to help me. And then thank him for what he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. And that that helps us with our attitude, and and he hears us when we pray. He works on our mm-hmm. behalf. He does, and there's power in prayer. And then, yeah. if you're wrestling and struggling and need someone to pray with you, I'm sure you have people come to you all the time. Pastor, can mm-hmm. you pray with mm-hmm. me and help me? I need someone to pray with, or yes. or groups to pray with, and and that God is present there and shows up, and it's just so powerful to pray with other people as well and and so we're coming to the end of this interview and um, before we end though is there something that you want to share one thing i know we've talked about a lot of things and i appreciate so much your insight and your story and um, is there one thing you want to leave our listeners with yeah I i would encourage people to when they are feeling anxious or they are concerned to pray that's what that verse tells us. But I think many times we have the wrong idea of what prayer is. We think we need to be in church, in our Sunday clothes perhaps, mm-hmm. in, the, in the right mind, and then we can pray. But some of the best times to pray are right then, wherever you're at, when that situation comes. You can pray riding in your car. You can pray while you're fishing. You can pray while you're mowing the yard. When you're driving your kid to school. you can, And it doesn't have to be an elaborate prayer. It can be a 30-second prayer, a one-minute prayer. The Lord hears that. And if you don't know what to pray, well, that's fine, too. We have the Lord's Prayer in the Scripture, and you can pray that. People ask, the disciples said, teach us to pray. And He gave them that prayer, and you can say it in about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, and that's an effective prayer. You just say it from your heart, uh, whether it's out loud, whether your eyes closed or not, whether... No matter where you might be in, in the Lord here. So I would just encourage people to pray wherever they're at. Um, and don't think it has to be uh, anything formal. It's a conversation you're having with, with the Lord. And you just bring your needs to Him and, and He'll meet those needs. Oh, I love that. Great advice. And thank you so much for sharing that. So basically you're saying it's time to pray. It is time to pray. Yes. So would you pray with us? Yes. For us? Thank you so much, Richard. And God bless you. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you're a God who hears us when we pray, and we come to you and I pray for peace for those who are listening and peace in our own lives and peace in my life. Uh, We do live in uncertain times. We do live 
when so much is outside of our control. And, and so we look to you. We ask you to give us peace. Uh, we have cares and concerns, but you're a God who hears us. And you like to answer the prayers of your children. And we come to you in the way that uh, we come to you as humbly through the blood of Christ. And we ask you as your children to give us peace. Give us your grace, Father. Uh, let us live a life of peace, even though it may be a hard life, even though it may be a life of trouble or uh, difficulty right now, but to have peace in the midst of that. And help us be a source of strength for others. Let them see that in our lives. Perhaps our life is going well. My prayer is that, if that's the case, that we would see others around us who may be struggling and we could be a blessing to them. So, Father, we, we make these requests in the name of your Son, knowing that you hear us when we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. If you would like to hear more episodes, simply search Real Life, Real People Radio on Apple, Google, and Podbean Podcasts. And remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyrighted 2022. All rights reserved.